You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Chapmans are back from holidays. It's about time. Um, sometimes it's like really, really good to be back. Sometimes it's like I wish I had another couple of weeks off. Um, both of those things are true. It's really, really good to be back. Um, we, we, had a, we, we had a really good time though, didn't we, babe? Like it was awesome. Lots of just beach time and... You know, just chilling out, games, you know, banana, banana grams, take two with Scrabble pieces, you know. Um, I, I, I worked out that I really don't do well in some of those moments. <laughs> when uh, when Beck is doing, she's like, have you ever played the game take two or with the Scrabble pieces and you've got to make words and as soon as you've made, you've used up all your pieces, you say take two and you've got to take two more from the pile. And, uh, you know, and Beck was like, take two, take two, take two. And I'm like, this pile of letters is just in front of me and I had to walk away. I could not handle the moment. I had to, I had to leave. And Beck was like, sucked in, husband. No, she didn't say anything like that. She was very gracious and let me come back to the game about five minutes later when I'd calmed down. It was all good. But we got this really good time just to connect as a family. And you need that. You need a break to, to reconnect, to enjoy each other again. And um, it was, was good. But we are glad to be home and back, you know, doing what we're called to do. This is what we're called to do, and so we love it. Uh, we, uh, we're in a great series right now. We're finishing that series today uh, called Speak, because what you say, what you speak over your life, over your home, over your finances, what you say, what comes out of your mouth and what you say in your mind, it matters. It really matters. It absolutely matters because words are powerful. Right? They have creative power. The first words that we used in the universe were used to create. And so words have creative power. It is inherent in the word. If you say to a person, you're an idiot, eventually they're going to believe that and then they're going to start living like that. Right? Words are powerful. You tell your child that they are great, they are awesome, that they're going to amount to good things and that's what's going to happen. Right? You start to believe lies and speak lies, and you're going to end up living in that place. You speak truth, and you're going to end up living in that place. Words are really, really powerful. So when you hear the voice of God, and He tells you what to say, He tells you what to speak, then you go, whoa, now we've got some real power because now I'm declaring truth. Now I'm declaring the promises of God. Now I'm declaring what He is saying. And now there's a shift, there's a transformation, there's change that happens. You know, you walk around your house going, oh, I hate this place or this is terrible and you people stink and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's not going to go so well for you. But you start, you start getting truth on the inside of you and you start declaring what this says, things change. Might take a little while. Don't give up. Things change. Right? This, this is this creative power in the Word of, of God, right? So, so we're going to turn uh, right now to Ezekiel. This is our, a scripture we've been using for the entire series, Ezekiel 37. Um, if you want to know where the river of life scripture is, it's Ezekiel 47. So that's a good one to 
have a look on too. And Ezekiel's a prophet and God is showing him like some, some, some dreams, some vision here. And it's pretty specific and it's pretty amazing. In the book of Ezekiel, it's got some really wacky things in there, um, doesn't it, right? But this is the, uh, we're going to read 14 verses because we're getting you ready. So you know how last year we did the eight-week journey? Right, we did the eight-week journey through what was it? The book of well, the Philippians, wasn't it? Right. Well, next week we start a ten-week journey through the book of James. I'm pumped about that. That's like one of my favorite books. Like, come on, so good. So I'm going to read uh, read a chunk of scripture twice today just to get you ready for it. All right, you ready? You good? Here we go. All right. This is uh, the Valley of Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones, right? So the valley and bones. Sounds really encouraging, doesn't it? Yeah, sounds like a super great place to start a a preach. He led me back and forth among them. I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry, right? Very dry. These these people had long gone. Whatever was there, it had been gone for a long, long time. Verse 3, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. That's a, that's a good cop-out answer, isn't it? Really? It's like, uh, not sure is that a trick question. You know, right? Right? You know? But that's the big question, right? Can I believe that this dead thing in my life can come back to life? It's a big question. And I just love the throwback to God. You know. And then he said to me, love this, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and will and you will come to life. How good is that? Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. This is like a weird vision, isn't it? It's like, what? And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Verse 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. Whoa. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. Right? Wow. Israel, these, these bones are the people of Israel. Israel is the, are the people who receive the promise of God. They're the people of promise, the people of potential. Right? They're the people who are blessed by God. God called them out of Egypt, you know, to, to be with Him, to worship Him, to be His people. Right? You could say that the church is like today. The church is Israel. These bones are the people of Israel. And they say, listen to what they're saying, right? They're saying, our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. We're cut off from everything. It's pretty sad. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I love this. My people, 
I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back from the land of Israel, back to the land of Israel, sorry. And then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. That speaks of inheritance. I love that. And then you'll know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Whoa. All right. I think we need to pray. Is that all right? God, we pray that you just open up our eyes and open up our hearts afresh right now. Thank you for everything you've already said, for the faith that's rising in this room, for the hope that's being delivered by your Spirit. And we just pray that, God, you keep speaking through this. Take us on to a place of healing, transformation, where anything that's dead is coming back to life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. What is God going to shift in you this year? Well, like, what are you saying out of your mouth about this year? I love a new year. I love the start of a fresh year, you know? Like, it's like this blank canvas. I'm like, come on. Like, what's going to happen? It's got to be better than last year. Yeah? I only say that. Right, what, like, what's going to shift in your life because of what He's telling you to say? What are you saying? And more importantly, what is He telling you to say? All right, firstly, if you're writing notes, write this down. We need to do this thing. We need to discover, we need to identify the difference between God and my gap, right? Back to what the people of Israel are saying, verse 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. And they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. And that's kind of how we can feel at times, right? Different areas of our lives. I can feel like, oh man, like this part of my life is dead. This part of my life is a lost cause. God can no longer be glorified. I can't get any joy out of this area anymore. It's just gone. It's, just, it's a write-off. I'm just going to have to move on without it. And then we go a little step further and we go, and, and also my hope is gone. I don't even have a, a sense of hope about this thing, this dry thing, this dead thing, this gap in my life. And then often we go a step further and we go, and you know what? I'm cut off from God as well. You know, he, he's left me or he's abandoned me or whatever. And so we can find that we exist. And I reckon this is a, this is a fairly normal state of the Christian life, right? Is that we live in this place where here's the promises of God and here's my reality. And there's a gap in between what God says and what I'm enjoying. And I often be like, well, hang on a minute. There's a gap here. What's the deal with this chasm, this like deep gap between the promises of God that you tell me, God, are true and they're true for us and they're true for me and the reality that I'm living in day after day after day. And so often when I discover the gap in an area of my life and I read Scripture and I go, hang on a minute, 
That's meant to be for me. Like, what is going on here? Often I think, I, th- I can think these things. I can think, my, my hope is gone. God must have abandoned me. It's, there's no hope in this area of my life. This is now my lot in life. I guess this is just how God's going to grow me. Right? Well, you got that part right. He is going to use it to grow you. Absolutely. He wants, you, he wants to transform you. But so what, and so what we do is we just go, that part must be gone instead of, instead of asking God, God, what do you want to reveal now? What do you want to do now? What do you want to say over this area of my life? And so we just kind of accept the place of lack or we accept brokenness or we accept dysfunction or I accept a poverty of life, or, or I, I accept a poverty of spirit, or I ex- just I just have this, you know, acceptance of less. And I go, maybe that promise isn't for me. And then what I start to what I start to tell myself, you know, it, it just confirms all of that. I'm just like, yeah. It's gone, it's dead, it's gone. I start to believe this lie that that is for others, not for me. And then it becomes this, this belief, this, this kind of belief that's attached to an area of my soul where it becomes a stronghold in my life where I'm fully believing in a lie. Trusting in Jesus, oh yeah, absolutely. Trusting in Jesus, but also believing a couple of lies on the side, right? The acceptance of the, you know, God's plan, well, that's not me anymore. That's, yeah, I'll get to heaven, it'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. But I couldn't possibly, you know, have what he says in my life. And so these doubts creep in and doubts Doubt is a voice that speaks in here before it speaks out of here. You know, the doubt's going to creep in. And then I'll have an experience that will confirm the doubt, right? I'll start to believe that this person doesn't like me. And then I'm looking for proof. And they do something or they ignore me or they're busy. And then all of a sudden, uh, now I've got proof that person doesn't like me. And now I've got a stronghold because I've got proof and I've been thinking about it and I've got doubts and now I start to tell others, so oh, that person doesn't like me. It doesn't happen to me, by the way, ever. Uh, anybody else like catastrophize about stuff? Anybody else? You know, like I got this, I got a sand fly bite uh, on holidays and I scratched it and now it's a rash. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, the rash is going to take over my entire body. Oh my goodness, what am I going to look like for the rest of my life? You know, you know like I'll get, a, I'll get like a splinter and the splinter, and, and, and you, you kind of, you, know, you dig in and you get the splinter out and you're like, I don't know if I got it all. Like, I think there's like a piece of, of the world embedded in my skin and I'm probably going to lose my finger now. You know, and I'll like fully catastrophize about stuff. Or, you know, we'll have a couple of, couple of months where it's a bit weird in our marriage. And I'm like, I guess it's over. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's terrible. You know, anyone else like that? You kind of catastrophize. Something small happens and all of a sudden, the end of the world. You know, we're doomed. We're doomed. 
Don't just don't declare a state of catastrophe over any area of your life because there is nothing that the Holy Spirit cannot resurrect. Don't be declaring it's dead, it's gone. Don't be like, oh my goodness, it's the end of the world. No, 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 no. God is a God that resurrects dead things. All right? Like, listen to what they were saying. They were saying so many lies right here. Our bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. We are cut off. Look at all the lies right there. Crazy. Like, you got to keep... This is why it's so important every single day to get truth in front of your eyes. Because if you get truth in front of your eyes, when, you, when a lie comes, it starts to bounce off. It doesn't take root because this, the truth, has already taken root, right? So you've got to get this in front of you every day. You might go, I don't fully understand that. That's okay. Let God speak to you. Keep going. Keep pressing on. Keep getting this, the Word of God, in front of your eyes because this is what's telling me is truth. So when, the, so when the devil pops into my ear and is like, oh, this is going to happen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's, what's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. And I start to look for proof. You know, I start to look for confirmation of the lie. I can keep coming back to the truth. Be like, that's not going to happen because this is truth, not what he said. All right? Lies begin to bounce off. What are you saying about this gap in your life? What are you saying? You're like, there's the promises of God. This is my current reality. What are you saying about the gap? And does the gap, sorry, does what you say line up with the promises of God? Because maybe, maybe we need to change what we say to get a different outcome. I like, I like to use alliteration. And so I wrote this, don't let doubt disqualify you from your destiny. Because the doubt starts here and it keeps going through here. And what you say becomes your life. I love, I love that Ezekiel, he didn't know what to say. I'm loving it. He's like, God, you know. And so God's like, okay, this is what to say. Ezekiel, prophesy to the things. And I love what, he, what God did. He gave him two things to prophesy to, form and breath. Form and breath. To get a breakthrough, I need to do two things. I need to change the structure in my life, change whatever form it was taking in my life, right? I need to change my habits. I need to change what I speak. I need to change my mindset. I need to change how often I'm reading my Bible, how often I'm spending time with God, how often I'm just sitting and listening and enjoying His presence, how much I'm worshiping God with my life, right? I need to change some form, some habit in my life, and then I need to believe Him for the breath, it's not just, I'm not going to get my breakthrough just by changing the form. It's also a, a, a Spirit of God thing. All right? But faith without action is dead. So I've got to change my action to line up with where I believe He's taking me. All right? What are you saying about 2020? Even better, what is God saying about your 2020? About that thing you keep complaining about. To yourself, this should be better. I'm sick of that. Why can't we work this out? Why can't I have what they're having? Why can't that be my journey? 
I don't want this thing anymore. This thing isn't working. What are you saying about that stuff? Because what you say about it in here and out of here really matters. So when you've discovered the gap, the difference between God's promises and your reality, then you can do this next bit. You can enjoy God in your gap. Right? Because here's the truth. God is with you. Right? He hasn't abandoned you. He's right there regardless. You, you might not even be able to feel his presence. You might be like, oh, yeah, I haven't felt his love for a while. He's right with you. He is right there because he's promised never to leave you or forsake you, right? He's with you in your doubt. He's with you in your suffering. He's with you in your pain. He's with you in, when you feel hopeless, you know? He's right there all along just saying, trust me. Trust me in this. Trust me in this. All right, let's take it to the New Testament. I've got, got a little time. I've got a little time here. We're going to go to uh, Mark chapter 5. If you're like super quick, go to Mark chapter 5. Great story right here. And we're going to read half of the story, the first half and the last half, because it applies to us today. And then I'll talk about the middle bit in a minute. Mark chapter 5, I'm reading from verse 21. It's on screen for you. It says, When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. And then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. And he pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please, I, I've got a little daughter. And now I know what this guy would have been feeling. You know, my little daughter is dying. Would you come and help me, right? That's what he's saying. He says, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and lived and live. So Jesus went with him. Awesome. Jump down to verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Wouldn't that be like the most devastating news ever. Your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Then it says, overhearing what they had said, or the word can be used ignoring what they said. I love that. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to ignore some stuff, you know. Some little voices have come in. Some people have told you what they think. Just ignore them. Just ignore what they said, right? Ignore them. Listen to Jesus. So good. Ignoring what they said, Jesus told them, told him, sorry, don't be afraid, just believe. Whoa. He did not let anyone follow him except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. And he went in and said to them, why are this commotion and wailing? The child isn't dead, she's asleep. But they laughed at him and after he put them all out, he, 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 Jesus put them all out. He was creating just a place of faith. He was creating the faith in the room for the miracle that was needed. Right? He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were there and he went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old at this. They were 
completely astonished. Some of you are going to be completely astonished at what God is going to resurrect in your life. Totally astonished. You're like, you're like 13 years old maybe over on the side here. And you're like, this stuff's already dead and gone. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. You're like thinking this, 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 this thing, this dream, it's, it's gone. No, it isn't. Let Him speak. Don't be afraid. Trust me. Trust me. Trust is the foundation of a relationship. Trust me. The more I trust Him, the more I'm close to Him. The more I'm close to Him, the more I trust Him. I, I put on Instagram last year uh, this little post-it note that I'd written on, and it said, for the thousandth time this year, God, I trust you. I've got this never-ending stream in my life of going, okay, God, I trust you. I trust you. I'm driving in the car to work, thinking about my life, going, God, I trust you. I trust you. Because I've got to keep saying it for my spirit to get on board. Right? Jairus' daughter is dying. She is, she's dying. And Jairus, he knows, he's heard that Jesus has got power. And he's like, okay, okay, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? And he finds Jesus and he runs up to Jesus and he lay, he's like, please come and put your hands on this area of my life so that she will live again. And then the most annoying thing happens. Somebody else interrupts Jesus. You're right? That's the part of the story that we missed. And it's, it's the woman with the issue of blood and she touches Jesus' robe because she knows that if I can just touch Jesus, then I can get healing. And she does, she gets healed. And in the crowd, Jesus is like, who touched me? And the disciples are like, are you insane? There's like 2,000 people around you right now. Everybody's touching you. And he's like, the power went out from me. What's going on? And the woman's like, oh my goodness. It was me. He knows. So she comes up to Jesus. And while she's talking to Jesus, the people of Jairus' household come up and they say, man, don't worry, she's dead. You can, you can leave Jesus alone. And Jesus turns to him and says, don't be afraid. Trust me. Don't be afraid. Trust me. Don't let fear grip your heart. Trust me. Trust me. Like how, back to uh, Ezekiel. It's like, and I'll bring you back to the land of Israel, verse 13. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. What are you talking about then? Like, let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room right now. Let's talk about this problem of time. Because some of those promises I'm already living in, but some of those promises are like, when are they going to happen, God? There's a gap, and I know that you're with me in my gap. But when are they going to be mine? And God's like, in time. I can't even imagine what Jairus was thinking when Jesus stops and turns around and he's, he's talking to the woman and, and there's the crowd and there's this like commotion and, and, and Jairus, I can't even imagine what Jairus is thinking. She's dying. She's dying. 
you got to come now. Like, what are you stopping for? Why are you waiting right now? Like, she's dying and you're taking your time? You're like, you're like, you're like not even in a hurry. Like Jesus' best friend, Lazarus, is dying and Jesus, and says, and Jesus stayed in Jerusalem three more days. God was not in a hurry. And then Jairus gets the word and his heart sinks. And you've got like maybe a report from a doctor or maybe something's happened in your marriage or something's taken place and, you, and you've got this, this thing that has latched onto your spirit and God says to you, don't be afraid, trust me. You know what? You don't trust from a distance. Trust is an invitation to closeness. It's like maybe the promise is a little is a bit of a bit of a distance off. I'm sorry to say that, but maybe the maybe the promise is going to take a little time. But he's with you inside of whatever gap. Whatever dead thing is you're facing right now, He is right with you. He's saying, trust me. Walk with Him. Just, just walk with Him. Just listen to His voice. Take time every morning to just sit with Him. And if you've got to repeat, I trust you a thousand times. Welcome to my world sometimes. Right? Just walk with Him. Trust Him for the promise to become your reality. Don't stop speaking it out. You know, this morning I got up. I'm pacing my back room. I'm just saying, God, I declare what you've told me to declare over my family, over my church. I'm just going to keep saying it. Peace and prosperity. Because that's come to mean so much to me right now over the years of, of this declaration. And just being like, I trust you for the promises that are here that you've told me to speak out. I trust you for when they're gonna become my reality. And so much of peace and prosperity has already become our reality, right? Like since we started declaring that, and that was just a word of God to us like five years ago in January. But just by declaring what He said, so much has shifted already. But I know there's still so much to come. So why don't we pray as we wrap it up. What is God saying to you? Declare this. Holy Spirit, speak to every heart right now in this room.
What do you want us to declare? What do you want us to speak? And then what do you want us to trust you for? To trust you in. Because God, some of your promises are awesome. And your word says that they are yes and amen, but kind of wanting them to be yes and amen today. Would you meet us? Walk with us in whatever gap we are experiencing. Don't feel like you've got to stay down in the gap. You've got to stay sad in the gap. You've got to stay depressed in the gap. You've got to stay, you know, submitting to the gap because there's an abundance of joy. There's intimacy with Him. There's forgiveness of your sin. There's connection with the family of God. There's community. There's life in the gap. There's transformation in the gap. There's breakthrough in the gap. There's healing in the gap. If you know what your gap is and you're trusting Him, I want you to stand to your feet. You're like, this is what I'm trusting Him for. You might not have what words to say over it yet, but you're like, this is what I'm believing for in 2020 beyond. Just stand to your feet right now. I'm going to pray over you. Thank you, Lord. So good. So good. God, everyone standing to their feet right now. you reveal yourself in a new way. It's like an invitation to a deeper walk, a deeper relationship with you. To trust you. To not give up. To keep speaking what you've told us to say. God, I just declare a spirit of joy in every heart. Not a spirit of mourning, not a spirit of sadness, not a spirit of lack, but a spirit of joy because my God is with me right here. And whatever I'm facing, He's with me. He's not gonna leave me. He's never abandoned me. Help us to put truth in front of our eyes and truth onto our lips. Amen. Amen. Um, We're going to wrap up in just a minute. You guys can have a seat just for a second. Um, If you... uh, if you're at a stage where you've given up, 
you can't see a way forward for this area of your life and you're like, it's fully gone. But you really would love some prayer for it to restore some of that hope. Because you've been saying for a while, my hope is gone. But it doesn't have to be that way. If you'd like some prayer after the service, I would love, love to pray for you. And if you don't know Jesus as your own personal Saviour and Lord and friend, God just loves you so much. He just, He is so eager for a relationship with you. Just to, just to know you and walk with you every single day. You know, Jesus came to earth 2,000 years ago and He died on a cross. On the third day, He rose from the dead to pay for your sin because it's our sin that separates us from God. And God in His love and His grace just was like, I've got to have them. I've got to have them in my life. I've got to have relationship with them. And Jesus willingly came and took your place, paid for your sin on that cross. And that means that you can have relationship and forgiveness and life and an awesome journey of transformation with Him. So if you just close your eyes really quickly, if there's just anyone here who's not walking with Jesus today, you don't have faith in Jesus, you've never asked Him to, to forgive you or become part of your life, and you wanna do that right now, just give me a little wave. Just wave at me. Just be like, that's, that's what I wanna do. And I'll pray with you after the service. I'm not gonna embarrass you right now. We might clap a little bit, but I just wanna pray with you after the service is finished. And you're like, I don't know Jesus, but I want to. Just give me a little wave. Let me see your hand. Amen. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.